thanks for listening to DIY for Business. I guess thanks for viewing uh, as as well as we uh, we go video here on a uh, YouTube. Check us out on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we're we're going to be there for you. How's it going, Greg? It's going well. How about yourself, Russ? Good, good, good. Uh, I feel like because of the pickleball podcast, yes, <laughs> that we uh, that we work on together. I'm I'm sort of getting used to the video thing. I'm glad we did it on that one because it's. It's, you know, I mean, it, this is business, right? We got to put the collar shirt on and stuff. So <laughs> that one, you know. Well, yeah, you can wear a t-shirt, you can wear a cap, you can wear whatever you want. Exactly, exactly. But I've I have noticed to... in business, uh, the more and more people lately have been wearing the t-shirts and caps to business meetings. Yeah, and actually, it's funny that you say that because that's exactly, we, you know, we always like say, oh, well, you got something to talk about? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got something to talk about. Yeah. That's exactly where I was going. So you're reading my mind here. Oh, really? I, that's yeah, yeah. Enough. So we I just went into it for office. a long time, Russ. So. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I just went into an office and, you know, we did this little office meeting and it's funny. Um, I'm, I'm walking through, I walked through downtown Oakland. I walked through downtown San Francisco. And you're and here I, to talk about it? And I'm here to talk about it. Yeah, right? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I felt you are safe. the lucky one. I, I, <laughs> don't listen to the media. I, I totally felt safe in both cities, actually. But so... I'm comparing it though to back when I would do that back in like the, the nineties, the late nineties, walking right. through downtown San Francisco, walking through downtown Oakland, you've got a lot of business suits. You've got a lot of people like dressed up right in the, in the, the, the like, like they're right. going to go on TV now, like they're newscasters or something, right? Like, like that's what you were seeing. And, but now it's like, I would say half the people are in shorts. Yep. Half the people are in t-shirts. Like uh, it's, it's, it's such a different thing. It's, it's funny how much it's changed. Yeah. I remember when I started in the tech industry in the very early nineties mm -hmm. and it was shirt and tie and suit to every mm -hmm. meeting and just wearing around the office. You had, you had your shirt and tie on. Yeah. And that was yeah. tech. And then I would guess, gosh, I'm thinking probably late 90s is when i started seeing t-shirts or mm -hmm. polo shirts more often uh right. in the tech industry and i kind of think the tech industry is kind of the origin of where the casual business attire started right don't you think so like I, you know, some I, of the yeah. larger yeah you know, tech companies Definitely. decided to yeah. go casual and then everybody kind of followed suit right well <laughs> you know i I, no pun intended. I, I <laughs> um, yeah, I worked in, uh, you know, I worked in radio. So in, in radio, you did have, you know, the, the DJs coming in and they're, but still they're wearing like a polo shirt or they're wearing something unless it's a weekend or, you know, and, and other people are not in there, but the salespeople, the sales folks would always dress up, right? Like yeah. they were the best dressed people in the building. So when you're doing a sit now, and actually, I guess most of your stuff is on Zoom, so it doesn't matter. You can you could wear a, a suit and tie and go pantsless, I guess, at this point. But doing your doing your sales meetings, do you do you dress up for those? Well, don't tell my secret about what I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do not for Zoom meetings right now. I'm wearing mostly collared shirts, like golf shirts type of thing. Okay. Okay. And once in a while, I'll wear, you know, a, a, a button down shirt, you know, depending on the audience, right? Is mm -hmm. I try to cater to the audience that I'm working with, right? I want to make them feel comfortable. I don't want to make them feel out of place. 
So right. I try to mimic, if I'm talking to a contractor, for example, I'm not going to be wearing a button down, you know, shirt. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I try to make them feel as, as comfortable as possible and make me very relatable to them. Right. And you're dealing with a lot of clients here in California as well. So I wonder, uh, maybe maybe we should ask our guests this question as well. Uh, we've, we've got uh, Ian yeah. Boyce on the show joining us today. Talk sales, talk consulting, but I guess we'll we'll start with fashion. Uh, Ian, <laughs> where, where are you? My, saying that question now, my wife would immediately be, you are, sorry, you're asking him about what? Um, <laughs> you know, I usually get, I, I, I'm the one that usually gets the, you're wearing that with that, those colors <laughs> yeah. don't go. And, and uh, to me, I don't know, yeah, yeah. yeah, the color, to me, the colors go, but uh, apparently they don't. And you need, you need, you need that advice, right? So right. I take it. Um, but yeah, in, in the bu- business area you're talking to, it may be so. I, I think the UK and Europe, I, I think it's parochial. I think there's, dip, it, we, we've, changed in different time periods for sure mm-hmm. um, and I think to I think Greg's point is you, you dress to your audience right so I prefer to dress casual coming on here business pod you know I've got a shirt on I could have been in a sweatshirt but I chose mm-hmm. but I'm not in a shirt and tie whereas years ago I certainly would have been oh totally and totally, thinking yeah. back to my first job I was in I was a tech in the first jobs and I remember it's funny when you said that I hadn't thought about it for forever is going to and it was at IBM in the tech, you know, programming department. And I wore a suit and I'm thinking, hang on a minute. I, was a, I wasn't front end. I was, but I still did that because that was sort of the thing of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah and yeah. today, if I was going to see, you know, blue chip customers in, in the city, you know, in London, or something, I dress appropriately. I'm not going to go in jeans or whatever. If I'm going to see someone I know and they're and I know their office and it's totally casual and there's a customer I'm thinking of, um, I'd be quite comfortable going in in jeans. I wouldn't go in ripped jeans, but uh-huh, I'd go right. smart casual, right? What, right? what we define as smart business casual, maybe a, a, a jacket, but it would look like you'd wear out in an evening casual sort of thing as opposed to, well, they're going to a business meeting as you described, Russia, seeing them. So I, I think yeah. it's A, appropriate to the audience and 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 be play safe. That's my one. It yeah. is always, what, what's the safe bet? And I'll take right. that. Yeah. Right. And and that's the thing, though. I've I've always had issues with that. And and by the way, my my wife totally the same thing. She's like, <laughs> you're wearing really those those colors. I've actually chosen. I Greg, how many how often do you see me wearing a black shirt? It's because I can't um, match color when it comes to like clothes. Every every I, day I've ever met you. Or... <laughs> <laughs> I just I've like. Well, okay, so, you know, Steve Jobs, uh, you know, always wore that same thing because Mm -hmm. it was just like he didn't want to have to think about it. So he put on that, you know, whatever the the, uh, turtleneck thing. And there you go. That was him. And it became his thing. But like, it's just easy. It's like, I don't want to have to think about it. Let me just throw on a black shirt and I'm good. Whatever I'm wearing. Like, I don't have to worry about matching the color. So I've sort of taken that approach to it a bit. I remember um, I remember going in the early 90s. Do you remember Ross Perot? He ran for president of the United I States. Mm-hmm. He I ran do. EDS was his company out of mm-hmm. Texas. And I, I was doing a presentation for him and his board of directors. Oh, wow. And it was the most buttoned up company I had ever seen. Everybody was wearing the exact same colored like blazer or suit color, shirt color, tie. Mm-hmm. Everything was blue gray. Everything was blue gray. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, I still remember you walk into the lobby and then you walk down a long, skinny hallway 
up a flight of stairs and then you go into a boardroom that's a whole glass wall just overseeing their manufacturing plant of, mm. of computer products and that's where their boardroom was a long table like something you would see out of like a harry potter uh movie right where everybody's sitting those by like 20 wow. people they put me at the end to do this presentation. I'm like yelling to try to get to the people at the end of the table. It was, it was, you oh, know, as man. you were saying, try to feel comfortable in a, in a meeting in a sales meeting. I was not comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was not comfortable. Oh yeah, that that would be rough. It's like a past the salt moment, right? Like on the TV show. <laughs> yeah, and I wore a red tie, so I totally didn't fit in. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, the power, no the power tie. Right. <laughs> well, I thought I was going power time, but I was like, oh, no. So Ian, we just brought you right in here because uh, we're, we're that sure. comfortable with you where we just, we just right. brought you right in. But we should probably tell everyone uh, a little of your background. Tell us uh, tell us about yourself a little bit. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet. So been in, in the IT tech sector all my career started, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, in programming. And that's I, I, that's what I loved was was doing the techie side and I fell into the sales side because there was an opportunity came up um, to do a, a junior inside sales mm -hmm. role at a small company and I was the there was three salespeople, one MD one secretary and it was building this new division for if anyone remembers Novell networking which was the market yes. leader for yeah oh, it yeah. had nine you know high 90 percent market share at one point and and so yeah so I, I came into a company that was uh, going to distribute that in the UK didn't know what it was um, and that was a good mm -hmm. grounding for me, I think, for maybe what we'll talk about is smaller businesses is learning about being hands on and, and all the you don't know all the answers and you don't have someone to tell you all the answers and having to figure it out. Um, and then I've moved through my career, as people do, through different sales roles, sales leadership and spent the last 16 years doing sales leadership in cloud computing, which is a really interesting area, changing the world as we know, and continuing to do so. Um, and I've done some consulting, um, helping companies. Some, you know, Typically what I've done many, many times is joined a smaller organization uh, who are looking to grow to help them look at their sales processes, um, the salespeople, uh, and that whole piece. So I've been brought in where there is a sales team or there isn't anything yet. And I'm the first on the ground to build that out and build, figure out what, how do we make this successful? Where do we focus? What do we do to drive the revenue of the business? And that's sort of where, where my focus lies. And, and I've spent a lot of time doing that. I still learn every time I do something. And from people like yourselves, I'm still learning, but I've got a lot of experience in um, helping smaller organizations drive growth. You know, um, you say the word consultant, and I think back to, I, I mentioned earlier that I worked in radio, and, you know, we would get uh, consultants to come in. They didn't know the market, really, but they had this sort of format of cleaning house and making changes and, you know, doing something completely different than we are, or just changing a word or two. <laughs> But in changing that word or two, they would let a bunch of people go. So I feel like consultants have sort of a uh, it's sort of a dirty word sometimes. So uh, in talking to like small like or medium sized businesses, uh, the owners may feel a little apprehensive about bringing somebody in that's a consultant just because of that, because their team also is going to feel that way. Uh, should it be a dirty word anymore? So I agree with you. Um, and, and 
you know, if I was a small business owner, what would I look at? I'd look at, forget, it's not about the word consultant, it's about who is the individual and the experience and you talk to them first, right? You don't just hire them off a page because they say they've, they, they, they're a consultant. Mm-hmm. I would want to understand, and I'm, I'm in discussion with an organization at the moment, and, and, and so let me tell you what they're concerned about, and I, and I absolutely concur with them, is what's the impact on the existing people bringing someone in right from the start, right? Because I've, I've been brought into companies where I've joined the organization, and the people in the, in the, in the team that, that I'm going to be leading and those involved with did not know I was coming in at all until the day I joined. And mm. I've watched their faces and, and, and then had to deal with that, right? Because it's like rabbit in headlights, because the first thing people think is, what does this mean to me? There's a fear factor of what's going to change, right? People like the status quo. It may not be delivering the best results, but they're comfortable. And anyone coming in external there is a fear factor of those individuals in the business already of what's this going to break? What's it going to disrupt? Whether it's going to be better in the right. long run, but I, 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 will, I didn't ask for this and whatever. So it's all about the people, right? Mm-hmm. Whilst what I, what I look at may involve the process, the people, the technology, um, you know, and coaching and, and all this stuff. It, it, the, num- the, the, the only one that's going to worry about it is, is the people. So I think in bringing a, a consultant in, it's really important to choose the right person it's not the organization you hire if, if, it's a, if it's a company but what's the what's the demeanor of the people and how how are they how do they work because consultant is a nice label but you could say that about anything right salesperson um te- technical person marketing person, whatever but they're not all the same right they're not all the same and they yeah, it's, it's the how they fit they may into not your fit organization your culture. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah. right right yeah and i always feel like when you're bringing somebody from the you know quote outside Right. There's always that fear like, well, they don't know our business. They haven't been doing it for 10 uh-huh. years like I've been doing it. And when I've done consulting, and especially sales consulting in the past, one of the first things I do is ask them a lot of questions. So they feel their voice is being heard and, you know, they don't feel as intimidated like, oh, I'm just going to blow this thing up. I'm going to change everything without understanding their processes and you know their techniques and what their product is or service how do you feel about that Ian totally I I put my thumbs up on the video when you were saying totally agree 100% the first thing I describe to people is because because people know what are you going to do right and and I say firstly there's no magic golden key to this or one where you just come in Mm. and two days in you go right here's all your answers and it is it doesn't work that way What, what I position to them is look I've been on a journey and I've got a lot of experiences in a lot of organizations of driving growth and the right behaviors and coaching, all the, all this nice stuff. But I don't know your company and your people and your problems and your processes, but I've got all this experience I'm bringing. Your people and, and what you're doing also have a lot of stuff that I won't know. We've all been on different journeys for our career. So even if I'm hiring someone, I'll say to them, you know, I don't know all the right answers. I'm, I may be in this leadership position, but you will bring things to the party. You will have ideas of how we approach a particular customer scenario or a, a situation. And you have a voice, right? Because your experience, what you've done in your career, whether you're a junior SDR or, or, or a very senior seasoned salesperson, we've all been on different journeys. So therefore, our brain will say, well, I do this or I do this. Everyone's, it's all valid to discuss, right? It may not be the best situation here because this, because, well, in my experience, oh, I hadn't thought of that. 
but but everyone should be allowed that and certainly coming into these things i think it's really important people understand the first thing for me is assimilation is understanding what is the current situation what why do you sell to this type of customer why do you lose customers what what's the pains in the business what does work what doesn't work in your what in your opinions is all this stuff so mm -hmm. i can get the best understanding and then with my experience i'll formulate what i think is going to be some of the paths we'll take and then we'll discuss it collaboratively but there has to be and i'll agree this with the business owners or my ceo depending on what the type of role is there has to be somewhere where decisions have to be made and some of those decisions aren't the decisions can't be by by consensus right they can't be by vote some of the decisions will be uncomfortable um, but it's how you explain them and engage people and take them through that. I've had salespeople before adamantly thinking, this isn't going to, oh my God. And, uh, say, and I've had, I remember one particularly said to me a year, 18 months in, when you joined, all the things you proposed to do, change the type of customer focus, all these, all these things that you assimilated and came down to, I thought you were, I, I didn't get it. I didn't think you were, but now I'm earning more money. We're doing bigger customer sales. Look where we are on the trajectory. Mm -hmm. I get it, but it, it was over a beer sort of thing. I, I, I never thought I'd tell you, but I got to know you well enough. I really thought you were you were shooting it out of somewhere, and and it wasn't going to. And but it was, but it, but that individual said to me, but the way you put it across, the way you involved us, I came for the ride. Mm -hmm. And that's so, the, the thing that's important, I think, the approach. And, and you know that sort of brings up like um, with that approach, right? I'm thinking about this. Um, I, so I, I, you know, ran a company for a dozen or so years and I was very specific on how we did sales, right? How we got new customers coming in or even dealing with past customers. Like I was very specific on how I wanted that done. Um, and I mean, it worked fortunately, but let's say I was very specific about things. And it wasn't working. I needed to bring on a consultant, but now I'm sort of set in my ways, right? Like, no, 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 this is the way I want to do it. So when you bring on a consultant for like, I don't know, uh, doing your taxes, right? You're, you're going to let them do their thing because they know more about it. But when you're in this sales thing and you're already a salesperson, it's got to be sort of hard to make them change their minds, right? To, to, to make them adapt and and take on what you're offering them have you ever encountered that with uh, a client uh, i've encountered it with a company i worked for um oh really I won't, okay i won't name it and i've worked for a number so it, it's hidden in there but yeah <laughs> who, so I'll, I'll give it very short thrift but yeah absolutely and, it, and it's got to be i think you've got to ask coming in into that scenario that what would i be asking you so so you know, Ross, you're saying that to me, and can you come in and we'll talk about it? And you're obviously having the discussion, so you're open to it. I, I would be quantifying with you, how open are you? And I'd ask that question back to you, right? Is, look, you, the, it's your baby. How open are you to be things being changed? And and how resistant. In this scenario experience, I sort of asked that, maybe not hard enough, and it was something one of my learning exercises, because the business had been flat for five years, wanted me to come in and do all what I do and other businesses. And then as soon as I started wanting to change anything, you can't change that. You can't do that. You can't have that system. You can't change yeah. that. You can't, it was like, hang on a second. My hands are, I'm literally shackled. What <laughs> do you want me to do? And, and it, it was very uncomfortable. You know, I've been lucky in my career. It's the only time I've experienced that. Um, 
and probably nice. since that I qualify a lot harder with, with if it was you mm -hmm. Russ I'd be, be asking you very harshly and firmly you've got to be open it and making sure we've agreed that at the beginning because you're absolutely right you can have do all the other stuff but if the key person there is going to be resistant um, or blocking everything you you can't produce the results you're being asked to produce therefore you will be unsuccessful coming in and helping right and, it, and it's that way with anything right <laughs> any yeah. any of the consultants like uh yeah yeah and i think sales greg, greg yeah, we were talking earlier about your, your key in sales what's your thoughts because for me sales is a very emotional one sales and marketing mm -hmm. i would say is, is very emotional yeah. it, mm -hmm. you know technology and other parts of the business you mentioned finance there are there's know, sales, is, sales is more yeah, yeah. They're, 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 mm -hmm. there's processes but they're very whereas yeah. sales and marketing are more fluid and, and there's more opinion comes into it and yeah. I, greg what, what do you think i think it's the harder one to deal with yeah i think it is a difficult one and i think in the scenario that rest threw out to you you know there's got to be a fit for both sides right yeah. for this to be a successful relationship the owner or ceo that's bringing a consultant in has to feel comfortable with that philosophy of that consultant the consultant has to feel good about hey you know i have a little bit of freedom here to make some changes that i feel appropriate but it, it i agree with both of you that it is such an emotional thing when it comes to sales and people are very opinionated when it comes to it right it's very unique that I find people that are flexible in their sales processes and their philosophies. Usually after a certain amount of time of doing sales, they kind of are set in a certain method that they do it. And it's difficult for people to make change. And just in general, it's difficult for people to make change. But in sales, usually they're kind of in a comfort zone, but that's probably why they're in a rut. And that's probably why the sales haven't elevated and they need to level up because they're stuck and they need something to, you know, disrupt the processes they're in or the ruts that they're in so that they can level up. And I think that's why they bring you in Ian, is because they yeah. need an outside set of eyes, ears, voice that really can open their eyes to mm -hmm. like, Oh, now I get it. That's why I'm not getting the sales I need. That's why people aren't listening to me. That's why they're not setting meetings with me. And it's just all about getting the buy-in to the disruption. I agree, um, I agree. And, and, and a lot of it is, a lot of it is, sorry to interrupt, a lot of it, I think, is they don't know what they don't know. Right. Because they've right. been on that journey, right? And, and they've got the blinkers on. This is what I, they don't know what they don't know. And what I always position, and when I, if I coach, when I coach salespeople that are working with the same thing is, is, you know, a lot of this stuff isn't rocket science. We overcomplicate sales um i believe we are you know people talk too much about sales methodologies medic spin scotsman taz so i can keep going there's dozens of them right and, that, and they're all good as a as a foundation to hang something on but i think people hang too much on, on that as opposed to some of the fundamentals relationships versus rapport you know engagement with 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 the person it's it's a person that you're selling to we haven't got to the point where ai is buying um ai at the moment and there goes my camera went off for a second i don't know what's that's happening. all right it will come back we've got an icon talking for you so you're, you're they, okay they, they, there you go yeah that's what i'm saying is the most important thing hopefully. well as soon as you mentioned ai the the, the, the alarms went off and <laughs> out there in the universe said, uh, uh, nope 
I know. I'll, I'll, I won't fiddle too much because we don't want to lose the sound, but hopefully it'll pick itself back up. The light's still on saying the camera's on. Um, yeah, so, so I think... I think we overcomplicate a lot of this and, and I would say to anyone, it's not rocket science, right? It's focus, make sure you're doing the best you can do on the fundamental parts. And mm -hmm. there's certain parts of that, like questioning, um, like understanding the ideal customer profile, um, knowing your competition and when to exit a, a sale early and not waste time. You know, it, there's basics that people aren't doing well enough. And, and I don't know yeah. your opinion on that, guys, but questioning is my big bugbear. And I talk about this often is I and I interview a lot of salespeople. I, I, I'm a judge on a number of sales awards like Women in Sales Awards. So I interview other people's salespeople as part of the awards. And but I interview salespeople to employ them. And, and I'm always shocked at the, the lack of quality of questioning of the average salesperson. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Can, I, I want to jump in because I just actually changed my SDR's initial phone call. Like the very first call they make to a company now, I'm this having a, them kind of- This is a cold, a cold call? Cold call. Okay. Cold call to a business, Yeah, no lead in or anything. And what I've trained them to do now is ask a very customized question to that mm -hmm. business. And- once they ask that question, it really, you know, brings uh, more attention to that call. It's like, you know, salespeople don't typically ask that kind of question when they call me. This is really getting nice. my attention and right. it gets them in conversation, which is the goal of the first one, right? It's usually mm -hmm. trying to, you know, do a little fact finding and build some rapport. So you want to get them in conversation and asking this very customized question is allowing our people to get into a lot better conversations initially in the very first call they ever make. So I agree right. with Ian that questioning and, and having a smart question, don't do these generic questions. You know, I mean, <laughs> right. you know, come on, that everybody right. can see right through that. But if you mm -hmm. can do a little research and come up with a very intelligent question that is pertinent to that business, then you will grab their attention and they'll want to have a conversation with you. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, and, 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 I, and I, oh, oh, sorry, go on. Go oh, on. Good, no, go, go ahead, on. Ian. Go ahead. I, I, I was going to say it's not doing the linear questioning is the big tip I'd, I'd give. You know, and, and people are taught this through the methodologies, as I mentioned. Like, let's take Bant. Not, not. I could pick any of them. You know, I'd have a salesperson come to say, oh, "I've got. It. I know what budget they've got." Okay. Firstly, I don't. I don't always care whether they've got a budget or not because if I've got something that solves a problem, they'll create a budget. But okay, so the, the, and they'll say the budget is. I'll give you a, a very real example. Here. The budget is seventeen point nine k. Budget is twenty two k. Whatever. Okay. Um, and the first thing I ask the salesperson is, if, if I'm coaching them, is okay. Why is the budget twenty two k? And most of them will go, I don't know, because what they've done is tick the box. They got the budget. And gone right now. I'm looking for how you make your buy, buying process. No, I want to. Someone tells me they've got a budget. Well, and the number. I'm going to say, well, why is it that number? There's a reason. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's because that's right. what we paid for the last solution. Okay. Um, <laughs> does that mean if well, what, why are you getting rid of the last solution? Oh, because it didn't do the fact what we responded, etc. Okay. So if if my solution can drive this result, this outcome, whatever it is you're trying, this is relevant to in the business. Is it if it's not 22k? Does that mean you wouldn't do it? No, no, no. The problem's really important to us. Okay, so the budget there'll be more budget. Yes, and is there a process to get that? 
right? I'm still on the same question of budget. Yeah. But here's the thing. I always said to salespeople, if, if I come away in a competitive situation and I know 20 things about that customer that you don't, doesn't mean I'm going to win, but I'm in a better position to win or to decide not to engage and waste my time because mm-hmm. I, I've got more information. Right. And right. most salespeople skim the surface on questioning and, and, and that's the one that you win on, right? And that's what you should be doing internally in the coaching piece. Salesperson comes to you, oh, I'm gonna, this deal's coming in next week. Definitely. We're forecasting <laughs> it. Okay, why is it coming in next week? Oh, oh because they told me, okay, well, what, what happens if it doesn't come in next week for the customer? I don't know. Really? So could they delay it? Guy goes on holiday. Is, is there any pain to them? They don't ask. Mm-hmm. And how, it's not difficult, right? So I'll get people to phone them back. Phone the customer back and just say, I've had some coaching. There goes my video again. Apologies. Let's keep talking. No worries. Um, you know, phone phone that prospect back. Be professional. Say, do you know what? Dave, I, I hope you don't mind. When I spoke to you, I, I've let I've let myself down. Uh, and I hope you don't mind. Have you got a couple more minutes? Yeah. Um, well, I should have asked some questions I didn't ask. And I've had some, you know, I want to be the best I can be in engagement with you. And explain like that. that. Yeah. I like Throw that. yourself on the sword, right? Yeah. People deal with people. They're not going to go, well, you're an idiot then. Da, 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 da. They're going to respect you and the way you handle it and that you're a real genuine person who can own up to a mistake and come back and talk to them. If you lose a deal, phone the customer and say, look, thanks for all the time you gave us during the process. I'm not going to try and convince you otherwise, but can, would you give me a few moments of your time for the time we invested? And I felt, felt we had good rapport during it. Did we not, did we not Russ? Yes, we did. Um, so so could, you, could you tell me yeah. what we could have done differently? Why did we really lose so that next time, I don't make the same mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that was one of the things I've mentioned this on the show before, back when I was doing sales. uh, So I did, I did, uh, I did production and all that stuff on air stuff and in radio. And, and I realized, well, um, there's, there's two kinds of cars in the parking lot. There's the really uh, old, uh, not looking (laughs) great cars. And there's these brand new, like, you know, I I called it Pentos and Porsches, you know, like, I'm like, all the salespeople have these nice cars. Like maybe I should transfer over to sales and, and, and see if, you know, what I can do. And I've done some sales in the past. So I went over to uh, uh, the sales side and um, I would always keep track of all the no's. I wouldn't keep, you know, like track of the yeses. <laughs> like, I, cause I knew that every no would, would go yeah. on the yes. But the other thing that I would always do is I, I would always ask that why I would always try to figure out like, okay, well, they said, no, why, uh, why? Well, it's not in my budget. Why? <laughs> you know, like I would ask those questions and sometimes those no's would, would turn into a yes. Most of the time I, I would, it would turn into a hang up, but you know, not lying. <laughs> that would happen. Well, some, sometimes, uh, sometimes Russ, get your boss to do it. Get your boss to do it. I'd do it. Oh yeah. That's my true. salespeople. Yeah. I'd say, look, if it's an important deal, we spend a lot of time, and sometimes I'd, therefore I'd be being engaged with the client at some level anyway. Mm-hmm. I'd put the call in and say, "Look, I, I'm disappointed to hear we lost your business. I'm not here to try and convince you or change your mind. I, let's put that out there straight straight away, so your guards down. Can you help me just understand what we'd have done differently? Is it something in the product? Is it something in our probes? You know, right? Just so that I can understand if there's something I can learn from this for next time, that would give me the value back from the investment we made in in the in the all the time we spent with you. Is that fair to ask, Russ? Is that fair to ask, Greg? And most people are, if you've built rapport, they're going to go, yeah, sure. And I've had I've had one major client, so it was in the UK, spent an hour with me, debriefing me massively, 
and we learned tons of stuff about it, about the product and what our competition had done differently, et cetera. Nice. You know, I did that. Uh, so Greg, when, when, when we were doing some media deal um, yeah. uh, together, uh, there was a rep that came out to meet with me and I, I, I like, I, I don't know, this was like our second meeting and he, you know, brings in this pitch and, um, it was about a half an hour into the meeting. I just go, you know, I'm not going to do this. Right. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> what? Like there's, there's no way I'm going to do this because you haven't done this, 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 and this. And, and he's like, Oh, and I'm like, well, I'm like, why should I go afterwards and, you know, say like, I'm going to think about this and, you know, I'm going to, so I just went into this whole debrief with this person and told them how they could actually approach this better. And I basically, I, I, I made the sale for them. I, I pretty much, I was like, here's how, <laughs> here's how you could win this deal. Give me this, do this exact thing. Like, you know, like basically change the whole agreement. And it was a totally different way of negotiating because I was just, you know, like saying, here's what we want, <laughs> give us this and we'll go with it. And, you know, he, he ended up going with it. And then um, later on that same salesperson came back uh, another time and thanked me because like the process that I went through with him in that meeting, he actually did with another client and, and got the other client. <laughs> so oh, that's good. That's actually, that's that, 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 that brings me to a question for Ian. Like one of my sure. pet peeves nowadays is when people come in and do a presentation for me and they just are so determined to go through their deck. Like, oh, like oh, the generic yeah. deck. It's like, well, yeah. what? I, I don't no, care yeah. about the stats that you pull, that you make, you know, makes your company uh -huh. look good or makes your product look good. Like take a little time to understand who I am. And like Russ is saying what his needs are before, you know, yeah, you have a deck. Great. It's great that you have it, but don't be so determined that you have to stick to it. How Greg. do you feel about that, Ian? <laughs> Greg, 1,000%. And I'm going to give you a perfect example that I always use with, with salespeople when I tell them this. Um, and I'll do it as short a story as I, I can make this quickly. But uh, A number of years ago, I was selling CRM systems. A prospect comes in. We're up against the two or three major vendors. I mean, conglomerates, right? The, 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 the global names, the brands. We did not have that brand. And, and we respect that. We were a specialist. Um, and that individual came in. And I started off the meeting with exactly that with, look, I, I've got, we've got lovely slide decks and demo. And we can show you all that for the next two hours that we've got allocated. Is two hours still okay? Yeah, great. Um, firstly, though, I'd like to understand why you're doing this. And we just went into, I'd like to ask you a lot of questions and they may challenge you, but to get an understanding of whether we're the right fit or not, because I don't know if we are. I know we can do a good job generically, but yeah, sure, that's fine. And we ask questions, right? Two hours in, the individual, I rem always remember this, and they'll know who they are if they hear, hear this. Um, I remember <laughs> them saying, do you know what? Uh, guys, I've got to go. I, two hours. This has been exhausted. I'm exhausted. <laughs> and it smiled, but in a good way, in a good way. Um, mm -hmm. And you have asked me questions that none of the others have asked me, and I don't know the answers to about our project. And it's really valuable to me, and I really respect that. And I know I haven't seen the product or whatever. And I said, well, look, we can show you that when it's relevant, but we need, you know, that that's not what it's about. It's about understanding, can we solve your business problems? Can right. we bring value to you and do business mm -hmm. together? So we're finding that out together. And we won that deal in the end, not just because of how we handled the meeting, 
right? Because we then had to do other stuff and whatever. But we earned the respect and rapport of that individual, to your point, Greg, because all of the others, he said, then this is the point, he said to us, all of the others have, have asked me a few questions at the beginning and as fast as they could turn it to them, have then done their corporate deck and demo and taken over the whole meeting and it's been about them. Yeah. You've made this all about me and my project and made me more comfortable mm-hmm. that you at least care. Right. So I 100%, yeah. 1,000% agree with you. This is sort of making me think of the movie uh, Air, the, the uh, Air Jordan thing. Have you seen that, Greg? Or, I haven't uh, seen it yet. Not, I need to I've see not. it. Oh, it's it's a sales movie. I mean, Everybody tells me it's, it's it's Nike trying to get uh, Michael Jordan, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. man, it it's it's a sales movie, and I I watched it with my son because you know oh, let's let's watch this sports movie, but it was so cool to watch that because it's a sales and business movie. It's like the lessons in there are so important. So the the salesperson for for Nike says, oh, you're gonna go into you know whatever I I can't think of the other brand, uh, whatever Reebok. Uh, and they're going to say this, they're going to go through this whole thing. And then later in the movie, they're at, like the Reebok or whatever the other company yeah. is. And they're doing that same exact thing. And they're just going through their motions and, you know, not treating Jordan as he's special, you know, and, and that's how uh, Nike. Well, know, did you ever deal. hear the legendary story about Steph Curry? No. So Steph What's Curry this? was being pitched by Nike and they used the wrong deck they used the wrong slide and it wasn't customized to steph curry and he was completely insulted and that's why he ended up going with under armor but yeah he was leaning towards nike until they totally messed up the sales presentation and he goes no way i'm not going with these guys they don't even know who i am wow wow yeah i it's so important um, and I, I think of, you know, cause you know, now, nowadays I'm dealing more on the technical side well the marketing side and the technical side. Right. So, you know, I, I'm working with different clients, um, and the, uh, uh, what we're doing is like, uh, uh, beeswax, my, the company I work with, they, they're building custom applications for people. Right. And a lot of that is about custom CRM. And the thing is, it's like the custom CRM something that's built for you specifically, like like the software that uh, you, you and I work together on, Greg, uh, right. for, for your company. The custom CRM is so much better because it's exactly adapting to your business. And in hearing this conversation, I can't help but think about that and think, well, same with sales, right? Same, like it's all the same when you can customize it specifically to your business and to your customers and to your, you know, like who you are and fit it in like a glove. It's so much better. And it, it feels like, I think going back to that first question I asked you, Ian, uh, the, the, the dirty word of consultant, I think the dirty word of consultant is the folks that just come in with a plan that's not designed for that. It's like, I've got the plan. Here it is. This is what you're going to do. No, that's not my business. That's yeah, I've already, got the, I've already got the answer. Yeah, I've already got the answer. What's the question? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. I agree. And, yeah. and, and it's it's aligned to sales, right? Greg did a good example there with the presentation, but it's the mistake you make in sales is the same. Is about predetermining and following a predetermined pattern of this is it. I'm going to do it. Well, every customer and every individual in that customer is different, has been on a different journey, and you should treat them in that way and with that respect, right? You're not going to get on with all of them. Um, you don't. You know, this bugbear of mine as well that I talk about is, is salespeople who say, well, I've got a great relationship with them. Well, have you? 
did the customer <laughs> describe it that way or is it right. rapport? There's a very big difference between rapport and relationship. Um, and if you misinterpret that, you know, a, a relationship to me is you can ask them for a big ask and, and not be embarrassed about it like a friend. And, you know, can you borrow, can you loan me some money? And, and, you know, if you've got someone on the street and go, excuse me, and you're very polite, excuse me, sir, madam. Yeah, I, I hope you don't mind. Have you got the time? They'll give you the time, right? Oh, yeah, sure. Now try it with, excuse me, sir, sir, have you got $10? Very different response. Right. First one is rapport. The second one, you need relationship to get because you're asking mm -hmm. for more. If you had a relationship with them and there's someone you know, yeah, sure, here's $10. We'll, we'll enjoy. You know, it, it's... It, Salespeople misunderstand that. And I think that's down to you've got to, it's all about engagement with people. And even small bit, you know, small businesses, that's one of the things I help people and coach salespeople on, in particularly, is they're missing very small triggers and, and things along the way. That if you make those marginal adjustments, these aren't big things, they're all doable. You get a big compounding impact, right? If you, ask better questions and get some coaching on that. If mm -hmm. you if you look at your average deal value, the, 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 the win rate you've got, who your ideal customer is, what why do you win certain customers or not? If you understand all these different, there's lots of different things, you get an understanding of those and make each of them a little bit better than they are today. Not massively, just a little bit better on all of them. The compounding result has a massive impact on your revenue. And that's all I've done in all the ones I've, I've dealt with is I haven't come in, as I say, with that golden key of, oh, my God, because you haven't missed something fundamental and massive, right? You haven't because you wouldn't be running a business. You wouldn't <laughs> have a business. Right. But it's the small tuning that you can do on it. It's like the race car. You don't they don't you take it in and, and suddenly your car drives better. They haven't changed the engine, all the stuff. What they've done is tuned and adjusted and a combination of small things that has had an impact. Right. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, you, you mentioned advising small businesses, medium-sized businesses, you're, you're, uh, out there able to help. Uh, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, how do they uh, do that? Sure. Thank you for that. Easiest way is to find me on LinkedIn. Uh, Ian Moyce, you'll find me at www.ianmoyce.co.uk and that'll take you straight to my profile or just search for me on LinkedIn and, uh, yeah, I'll be there. And I just want um, to make sure everybody knows the spelling. It's I-A-N-M-O-Y-S-E. Thank you. All right. And uh, thank you for joining us uh, on, on DIY for Business. And thank you all for listening to DIY for Business and actually watching it for the first time ever uh, here on YouTube. I think this is the first time ever. I don't know. <laughs> I'm losing track. We're doing so many of these recordings. But uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for subscribing wherever you are. It's easy on YouTube. Just hit the little subscribe. If you hit the little bell thing, then you get notified every time we, we put up something, uh, which is kind of a cool thing. So uh, be sure to do that. And uh, as always, all of the information provided here on DIY for business is uh, meant for informational purposes only. Uh, we strongly suggest that you uh, chat with somebody about your business to get advice uh, that is catered exactly to you, which so fits what we're talking about today, doesn't it? That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And we'll talk to you next time on DIY for Business, where you are not alone.